Excuse me. Um, we're gonna we're gonna worship, and um, you can sit, stand, eat, get more food, mingle. Um, we're gonna keep this pretty casual, but uh, we're just gonna praise God this morning.
to praise him. Before we continue with some more singing, I am going to just do a couple quick announcements. First of all, in your worship guide, if you've got one of those on the way in, we have a communication card. Or if you follow the communication card, there's a link on the um, live stream. We would love to have you fill that out. We'd love to know what's going on in your life, if you have any prayer requests. And if you're new and fill that out for the first time, we give $5 in your name to a fund at Monroe Middle School, which is a local school here, and it goes to a fund to help families in need. Um, So there's that. And then also just a couple things to keep you aware of. We have our graduation um, ceremony. It's not really a ceremony. Where we show the grads and congratulate them and all that kind of stuff here in our church. And we have two of them this year. And so we have Bibles for those grads and they're in the back. Julie's waving it dramatically. So um, please go to those Bibles and just highlight a few of your favorite verses. If you know them, you can even sign your name or write them a little note. Or even if you don't know them, just be like, this is who I am at church or whatever. But it's fun for them to be able to, to go off on the next adventure in their life and to be able to open those Bibles and see verses pop out at them that have meaning from people in this church. So those are back there. Also, don't forget, next week, well, I mean this week, this coming weekend, the third, the third, is our work day, Saturday. So we're starting at 10, what time are we starting? 10? I don't know what time we're starting. This is your opportunity to figure out what time we're starting. (laughs) But it's going to be an all-day thing. There's going to be lots of projects, lots of fun things to do. And it's going to be a fun time to not only get a lot done around these buildings, but also just to hang out and get to know each other. So it's going to be good. Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. That is great. Um, So uh, we have been promoting this uh, weekend as our together at 10 service, so we could all come together and have some fellowship together, but also so we could hear from Laura from Project Living Hope. She's going to come share in a few minutes. And um, I kind of picked picked these next few songs. We're going to do just a little a chunk of um, worship through song here. And I, I picked these ones kind of with missions in mind, um, with Haiti in mind, and with that heart of of God coming and blessing that country. So as we sing these, we we praise him, uh, we worship him, we remind each other of the good things that are in these songs, but also use this time to kind of pray these songs over the country of Haiti. Fulfill 
this morning that you would move in a mighty way because we know that you can we know that you do and we know that you have God and we know that you are exceedingly abundant giving us more than we could ask or think we sing those things God and we we pray them today over the country of Haiti in particular God that you would move that you would be unstoppable, God, and you would use the people that you placed there um, to spread your word and your hope across a country that is rather hopeless right now. God, I thank you for this time when we can come together as a body, lift our voice to you, fellowship, and just enjoy sharing a meal together. I pray that you would continue to bless this time, continue to be be in this place as we hear from Laura and as we open our hearts to how we might be a part of what's going on there. God, we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So I'm going to transition to pass it over to Laura and... She is here from Haiti. She's my sister, if you didn't know that. She lives and works in Haiti and is here for the month of May. I'm so glad that she took time to share with us. Do you want to start off with the video? Oh, well, you come up and as it's playing because I'm going to go help. Sam, get it going. We're going to play a little video, but let me help get it up there. 
If you watch Haiti in the news, it's hard to see hope. The suffering seems endless, the obstacles seem insurmountable. The challenges are so deeply rooted and multifaceted, it's hard to see a path forward. But in the middle of all this darkness, in Camp Marie, Haiti, God is moving in PLH. One of the Haitian team members summed it up by saying, we're surrounded by tragedy and challenges. We're safe for now, but our community holds on to joy. Despite increasing difficulties, PLH continues to provide programming and is even expanding with new programs. Every afternoon, kids come to PLH to play soccer. When they step onto the field, they're not thinking about gang rivalries or political upheaval. They're there to have fun for an afternoon, play, laugh, even get a meal. Students also come from surrounding cities to participate in English classes, knowing that English is going to help open doors to their future. PLH also started a personal finance training workshop. It's a seven-week program that teaches money management, budgeting, and goal setting. In March, 130 ladies came out to the PLH campus to get together with a special women's event. There's not a lot of women's events in Haiti, not a lot of places where women can get together and forget their worries, play some games, learn some Zumba, and just overall be encouraged. BOH invited leaders from 16 local churches in January to come together to discuss how they can address needs and provide opportunities for youth in the community. This is going to be an important relationship and we're excited to watch this partnership grow in the future. The Haiti staff not only kept the campus operating, but worked hard to start new programs with basketball practices, art classes. These programs are giving kids opportunities they've never had before. These kids have another reason for joy and pride. A lot of organizations have been forced to close their doors or reduce their activities because of insecurity. PLH is standing strong and moving forward. We have several small businesses in the works that will create jobs and provide sustainability. The next project on the campus will be a large modern educational center, unlike any facility in the area. In partnership with you and because of God's grace, we are standing strong together. When there are people, there is hope. In the darkness, there is light. Hello. Thank you for having me today. Um, we're going to keep this kind of informal. Rachel sent me a list of questions that I should answer for you guys. Um, so I have prepared some things and I have lots of pictures because when I hear from people, I like to see pictures. So we have lots of pictures and then I'll try to save some minutes at the end. Maybe you guys will have some questions of your own. Okay. So my name is Laura and as Rachel said, I am her sister, her younger sister. Um, and my baby is 11 months old and he's in the back. His name is Jesher. 
And we live in Haiti, and I work for Project Living Hope. Um, so if you're not familiar with Project Living Hope or PLH, it was actually founded by our other sister, Sarah. Oh, and that's my husband. He's not here today. He is in Haiti because he does not have a visa in order to come to the United States. Um, so, but Project Living Hope was started by our sister, Sarah, and her husband, Gesley, who is Haitian-American. He moved to the States when he was eight years old and studied, studied here and went to medical school and then returned to Haiti on a mission trip where he met my sister, who was in charge of the translators. She was living there for a couple years, so they got married, and the rest is history. And then they started this organization in 2014, and I joined them in a few years later. Um, so I um, have been working for PLH, and we work in Camp Marie. We have a map here of where that is in Haiti. Um, so Port-au-Prince is the red square. That's the capital. And it's about two hours, an hour and a half drive up to the small town of Camp Marie, where we have PLH. Um, our mission at PLH is empowering Haitians to build a stronger Haiti. So our goal is really to empower the Haitians so that they can change their country, not to come in with our own plan and do the work ourselves, but to empower the people that are there. And we work in four areas, which is athletics, job skills training, community development, and disaster preparedness. Um, so those are our programs. I'm going to talk about that a little bit later, the programs that we do. But first, in order for you to understand the work we do, you have to understand some about Haiti. Um, so if you are familiar with Haiti at all, you know that it has had a long history of um, corruption, political unrest, natural disasters, poverty, hunger. You probably have heard about the earthquake in 2010 that killed anywhere from 100,000 to 300,000 people in the capital. Um, and at that time, people were really hoping that Haiti would build back stronger and come out of this, and it just didn't happen. Um, corruption continued in the government, and um, all those aid dollars don't necessarily go to where they're intended. Um, so there, that is, we're still feeling the effects of that in Haiti today. Um, and then recently, it has been the struggle with gang violence. Um, so that is um, continuing to increase. In the video, you might have seen that the president was assassinated in July of 2021. And since then, there has been no election. So the prime minister has taken over, um, but he was not elected. And so there are no elected officials in Haiti. None, because without a president, they can't run elections. So there's no president, no ministers, no mayors, nobody, okay? So that just kind of gives you this picture of the chaos that can happen during that, right? Okay. Um, and then these gangs have just continued to gain power. And we call them gangs, but really we should call them terrorist groups because that's what they are. They're terrorizing their country, okay? Um, and so... With that, you have inflation, it's difficult to travel around, you have gas shortages. We're going to talk about that a little bit more. And families just live in fear that the gang is going to come into their area and they're going to have to flee and live somewhere else. Um, so I know several families personally that have had to 
um, displaced themselves from their house maybe two times um, because of gangs coming into different areas. So I have been living in Haiti for five years. I moved there in 2018. And my role with Project Living Hope is administrative assistant. But because I'm in Haiti, I wear a lot of hats. Um, I hosted teams in the first few years when we had teams. And I supervise our staff. I supervise projects that are going on, road construction, construction of buildings. I teach English. So it's been fun on, on the mission field, as we call it. You get to do many different things and learn a lot on your feet. Um, so I, I enjoy all the variety that I do. Um, in 2021, I married my husband, Y.E., and we we're very grateful because at that time, all my family was able to come for the wedding. It was a few months later that things got really difficult for travel. Um, so we were really excited. All my family was able to be there. And then last summer, I came back to Oregon to have our baby and then returned home to a very different Haiti. It was a few weeks after we got back. We got there in August. And right about the first, it was September 11th, I remember, because that's a bad day in history. Okay, It was September 11th that the highway from our town to Port-au-Prince was blocked with protest. And between protests and gang activities, that highway has continued to remain blocked until today. So since September until today, we cannot get from our town to the capital. And that means a lot of things. That means no gas coming to your town. Um, I remember on my husband's birthday, he, we had this plan to go to the beach. And we thought, oh, this will be so fun. We'll take a baby to the Caribbean beach. And then we heard that they were selling gas down the street. So my husband said, oh, let me go get gas. So he goes and he's gone all day. And he comes back and he's like, I didn't get gas. <laughs> so, but you're just sitting at the gas station with dozens, I mean hundreds of other people, and you're actively trying to keep your place in line, right? Because everybody is trying to push forward. They know there's not enough for everybody. And so it, it's just the daily struggles for simple things like gas or going to the market. If the street is closed, that means resources are not moving around. Um, we were very fortunate that we had begun planting on our property there in Camp Marie at Project Living Hope. And so during those months, let me set the scene here, there's also not cash coming from the city, from the capital to our city. So there was about three months that it was really difficult for us to pay our staff. Um, we would have to say, okay, here's a 20% of your salary and we're working on it and it would be a couple months before they would get their full salary so we were very fortunate we had started to plant on our property and we told the staff take what you need share it with your family because we aren't able to give you cash so we'll pay you in bananas right <laughs> pay you in bananas we'll pay you in uh, root vegetables so that was a blessing for them and, and for us and then in January, things began to open up. There was gas available. That means we could cut the grass on our soccer field again, so soccer could get back into full swing. Um, English classes could open again because teachers were able to come. Students were able to find transportation now in January. So things started to open up again. Um, but the highways were still being controlled by the gangs. So anything that's coming through is 
paying a toll, basically, to the gangs to let them through. Um, so resources or buses, and some of those buses get kidnapped sometimes. So for me and my family, the highways was not an option to get to Port-au-Prince. But we always had this backdoor option to take an airplane from our area to Port-au-Prince. If you're familiar at all with Mission Aviation Fellowship, they've worked in Haiti and many countries for many years. But in February, they announced that they were stopping their work in Haiti for the rest of the year because um, they had experienced um, challenges with the insecurity in Port-au-Prince. So we had one month, if we wanted to get out, to take an airplane out. Um, so we made the decision to take the airplane out. I think we got probably the last one out of our area. Um, so we ended up having, this is the airplane we took, and the next picture shows our map. So we ended up taking a boat from our area to the island, which is about a 45-minute speed bump, speed boat that's crashing across the open sea with my nine-month-old baby. That was very scary. Um, and then we stayed a night on the island and took two airplanes to Port-au-Prince and then down to Jacmel and then drove about 10 or 11 hours on a very bumpy, very windy, mountainous Haitian road in the back of like a Jeep on a sideways bench, again, holding my baby, <laughs> um, to drive to my husband's parents' house. And their house is about two or three hours from our town, if you drive by car, two or three hours. Um, but it took us five days on this route because of gangs blocking all of the highways. But we decided to go there because, as you can see, they're very close to the border. That black line is the border with the Dominican Republic. Um, so because we're there, we're able to cross into the Dominican Republic to fly here to visit my family um, or just in the case of a medical emergency for my son, that gives us a backdoor there. Um, but all of our staff are continuing the work in Camp Marie. And my husband and I are continuing to work for Project Living Hope, um, just virtually communicating with our staff. Um, but we were very fortunate that we had somewhere to go in that time when we had to get out of our area. But that's not the case for most Haitian families that have to leave their homes. They don't have anywhere to go, and they end up settling in a community where they don't know anybody, and there's no support, and they just have to start over from scratch with nothing, because those people were fleeing with bags, but the people I know just jumped on a motorcycle and got out of there um, in the heat of the fight. Um, so, okay. All right. Um, we have a statistic here that comes from the um, Haiti Health Network, and you can see there's a 53% inflation rate in Haiti over the last 12 months, and 562 people die from hunger every day in Haiti. I mean, that's hard to even wrap your mind around. Um, and we have seen this hunger even in our community in Camp Marie. Our coaches came to us in January when we started the soccer program up again after a couple months break. Um, they said, our, our players are really weak. They're not getting enough nutrition. And so we ended up starting a feeding program for them on Saturdays um, to just help 
supplement some of their nutrition. Um, so right now it's Saturdays and game days, but we really want to get to the point where we can provide a meal every practice, um, which is every day. And we haven't done feeding programs before because we're really conscious about not um, taking on something that, um, uh, to not make the community dependent on us, right? Um, but in this case, we just see the need is so great. Um, and that's one way that we can invest in these kids because in order to um, succeed in their life and in their sport, they need good nutrition, okay? Um, so really now more than ever in Haiti, kids are suffering from lack of education with schools being closed all the time, in and out of school. Um, and they're, they're growing up in a country that is full of just violence in the news and corruption. And so I really pray for this generation of kids in Haiti that even if they're growing up in this terrible situation, and that God can use them to bring a new Haiti. Um, so you can keep that in your prayers. Um, but just knowing the, the realities that people face in Haiti and the realities that we face here, and it's, it's really almost crippling, I would say, to know, know the difference there. Um, but through all of this, through all these challenges, um, PLH is standing strong and continuing the work. So let me tell you a little bit about our programs. Um, yep, perfect. Sam is on it. Okay. Programs <laughs> in athletics. I told you about our soccer program. So we have a soccer academy that has about 85 kids right now that come to practice every afternoon. And we have games on the weekends. And one day, one of the moms came down to tell us she was so excited that they had a, a game that weekend. And she was just so excited for her kids to get out and do something different. Um, so, and I told you that we have started the, the meal project for kids. Um, and basketball. We're very excited about this. We built a basketball court a couple years ago. And we have been trying to find the right coaches to launch our basketball program. It had been used for like pickup games and community, but we hadn't found coaches to lead a program. So since I've left, we've actually hired a new coach um, who has experience in basketball. So as of a couple weeks ago, we have a basketball program, which is very exciting. And job skills training. So we have English classes. I teach some of them. This January, February, March, I taught a class about teaching English as a foreign language. So I had some teachers from the local schools. That was very fun. And we have some Haitian teachers that teach the, the beginning classes. And we have, you heard about the finance class in the video. Um, that's very exciting because um, at least for me, growing up in the United States, you know, my parents taught me about how to budget and um, how to keep track of your money. But in Haiti, they don't really get that education. So it's exciting um, to have those classes. And just the questions that they ask in that class is very eye-opening. Like, I'm trying to save up to buy a goat, but my neighbor cannot feed his family. Should I pay, should I continue to save for the goat or should I give my money to my neighbor to feed his family? I mean, how do you answer that question, right? It's, it's tough. 
Um, we've had computer classes. We have an artisan class for kids on the weekend, which is super fun. They made this um, beautiful banana leaf baseball cap here. They make soap. Um, they make bracelets. And we had an expo where the kids invited all their parents out to the campus, and they were able to sell the items that they have made. Um, and some of them are even selling them to friends at school, people within their community. So these programs are really like a stepping stone to reach their goals of becoming an entrepreneur or an engineer, okay, teaching them valuable skills. Um, we have scholarships available that we have two students in auto mechanic school in Port-au-Prince and two students in electrical training in Port-au-Prince. And we've had two welders that have gone to a few trainings. And the thing I like about these scholarships is once they're trained, we hire them in our construction projects on the campus. And they get to get more experience, they get to earn some money because they have this job, and they get to learn when we have um, volunteers from Oregon come down to work on our construction. They get to learn from those professionals as well. Um, so it's really exciting to see them stepping into a job on the campus. We have community development, where we have events. Um, in the video, he talked about this women's event that we did on March 8th this year. We had 130 ladies come out for just a fun time, and I taught them some Zumba, and they were pretty impressed <laughs> with my YouTubing Zumba skills. <laughs> and one of my favorite things I've done in Camp Marie is a candlelight Christmas Eve service. This is something my family grew up doing. This is Christmas is not a big deal in in Haiti. It's just kind of another holiday. The big holiday is New Year's. That's when the church has a big church service all night long. But Christmas is not a big deal. So I have enjoyed introducing the tradition of a candlelight Christmas service um, to our community. And I think they have enjoyed it as well. Um, and then we have... Oh, yeah. We started this partnership with churches in the area. So there's about 16 churches in our community of Camp Marie. And last year we did a food relief. Um, we have a church here in the States that gives a large donation specifically for food relief within the community. So again, PLH doesn't really want to be the one giving food to people because they don't, we don't want them to come to us for their needs. So we partner with the churches so that the churches can give that food to their community because they know the people, and then that draws the people back to the church rather than to us. Um, and then this year, we did that again, and we're just growing the partnership with that church, with these churches. So we've started to have meetings with um, pastors and leaders from the churches to kind of just build a unity and a, a collaboration to help their community. That has been really exciting. Um, all the pastors are super excited, so we'll have to see where that relationship goes. Um, and then in disaster preparedness, not only do we work with the immediate needs like food relief, but we're trying to think long-term, creating jobs, creating sustainability within the community. Um, so one thing we've done is created small businesses, um, which I think we'll, I'll show you those in a minute here. Um, but one of the questions Rachel had was, what does a day look like at PLH? What happens on the campus? Um, so on our campus, Every day we start with staff devotions. I think we have a photo of that, Sam. 
Yeah, okay, so we start with staff devotions, and it's always interesting to see, again, the questions that they come up with. Um, and then we often have a staff meeting, or they have their finance class, um, and a lot of that is on Zoom. And then, what's next in our slides here? Perfect. Okay, and then it's a big campus. We have 20 acres of property in Camp Marie. So we have gardens, we have soccer fields, we have a lot of land that needs to be maintained. So from working in the gardens to watering the trees, there's a lot to be done. And we often have construction going on. And I put this picture because if you think of construction, this might not be what comes to mind. But this is them mixing cement um, for the roof of a building. So they either mix it by hand or we have a small mixer. And But they're carrying buckets of sand and rock all by hand and mixing it right there on the property. And then what? Is it lunchtime then? Yeah, and then it's lunchtime. Okay, so we have a cook that prepares lunch for about 20 people every day. Um, and you can see this day they're having rice and beans and some sort of meat sauce. Okay. And after lunch, maybe we have to wash the soccer jerseys. Okay. Again, it's a, it's a lot of work with a semi-automatic washing machine there. <laughs> and then it's soccer time. In the afternoon, the soccer kids come, and the soccer kids always come early, and the, the container is not open yet because the coach isn't here, so you can't get your ball yet, but they're running around on the field and practicing their formations and pretending to shoot the ball into the goal, and they're excited. Okay, and then we have English class in the afternoons and also on Saturday. Um, and then sometimes in the evenings, you might see a pickup basketball game on the court, okay? So there's stuff happening all day long, and I'm always impressed by our staff that come early and stay late, and they're there, okay? So um, another question Rachel asked was, who are our staff? Um, and unfortunately, right now, just because of the insecurity in Haiti, um, we're not really mentioning staff's names or sharing their pictures, um, just because we don't want them to, I don't know, any information we share to be used against them. Um, so, But we have a great staff of about 25 people right now. So we started with just one or two staff that were not even in Camp Marie. And then as we got to know Camp Marie, we hired some soccer coaches. They have moved up. One of our employees started as a soccer coach. He's local there. And then we made him manager of operations in Camp Marie. And I have just been very impressed um, with him. He is an artist by trade. If you ask him what he does, he says, I'm an artist. He's a painter. Um, but he is very intelligent and has really um, taken on PLH. And that is something that we really admire about our staff, is they see the organization as their organization. And it's their job to take care of it and ensure that the job gets done and that um, everything is just carried out correctly. Um, and a lot of people in Haiti are looking for ways out um, because, as you can imagine, the country is very difficult. There's many challenges. It's very hard to um, sustain a family in, camp in Haiti. But um, our manager has had a couple opportunities to leave the country. He actually had everything in his passport ready for him to leave, and he chose to stay because he knows that PLH 
is important for his community and for his country. And just for somebody to, um, you know, say no to an opportunity like that is such a huge deal. Um, and he just knows I have to stay here to make this continue. So we respect him a lot for that. Um, and what are some of the current projects happening with PLH? So you heard about the education and ready for containers. We can ship the building down there and this will be on our property. Um, there's nothing like this is, um, so this will be a huge improvement um, for the community and we'll be able to offer a lot of trainings um, in a variety of different things there. So we have the educational center. Um, we have small businesses. So let me tell you a little bit about these. Um, so in Camp Marie, which is a small town, they don't have drinkable water. Um, they don't have running water in their house, but there's pipes in the community along the road that you can fill a gallon of water, but you can't drink it. So to get drinking water, you have to travel about 15 minutes to the next town to get water. So we are building a drinking water center, pure water center, 